Hey, I'm Josh and this is my dad, Peter. Hello. This is a podcast about parenting and our relationship, um, but we're us, so uh, we're sure to get distracted and go the long way around any question. This is The Long Answer. No worries. Um, Alice, enjoy your lollipop as we go through the evening. It looks very tasty. Blackcurrant flavour. Oh, the, right, the pop filter. I did. <laughs> I was going to say, I was thinking, I, I can't see my lollipop. <laughs> I guess this is the intro. I, I haven't really, we haven't really sorted out a format for this yet. So, um, oh, you, hello? Oh, I didn't know you were recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're recording. Okay, cool. Um, cool. So uh, the difference with episode two is we've got producer Alice on the line, just basically to make sure everything's running smoothly. Um, but it's mostly just you and me, Dad. So hello again. Thanks for joining. You're very welcome. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. This has been a bit of a bit of a setup, but we got there in the end. So it's all good. Did you say um, or in earlier in the week there was something you wanted to clear up from from the first episode. You oh, we're straight in there. We you do like to get straight into things. You did this on me last week. Um, yeah, well, I figure why not? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So um, we all recognise, I think, that memories work in weird ways and we mm-hmm. remember things, sometimes from what we've been told, sometimes from what we felt and all sorts of other things go together in our brain and then we form a memory. And it's not always 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a chat with my mum since last week and told her one of the things that I'd said and I was um, I was unsure whether it was strictly true or accurate because i've heard different versions of the same thing Mm -hmm. so um what i was wanting to clear up was when um when my mum and dad were deciding about having kids my mum had said she wanted four children four my dad didn't really want four children (laughs) and the only way he would let her adopt my brother um my adoptive brother John was um if we stopped having kids at that point and I was already expected at that point Mm -hmm. so um it was it was to stop the four rather than to stop me (laughs) Um, right so so just a bit of a timeline that's that's the other yeah that's the version I've got this time but I'm sure I've heard the other version somewhere (laughs) um but again like I say memory is a complicated thing isn't it yeah, it's weird. Um, I, I I remember stuff from from my childhood. I, I I'm absolutely certain it's false or at least partially wrong or mixed yeah. up. But it's just the way you did. Actually, is, off, off, feel free not to put this in. Um, but <laughs> okay. I did also say to her off the cuff. Um, it always felt as though my dad didn't really like me. Is that just me or what was going on there? And she said, "No, he, he it's probably about right. He really didn't like you." And. Oh. Um, when we were kids, uh, we used to have breakfast together at the table, like most, you know, families back mm-hmm. in the day. And uh, we weren't allowed to come down and have breakfast until my dad had gone to work. And it was to protect me from my dad. Because my dad would mm. just find fault in everything I did. And that's why. So all three of us kids didn't come down for breakfast until my dad could. Not because they'd got an issue or there was a problem for them but to keep us all together um and to protect me from him and that was weird to hear i can tell you yeah it's well it's weird for me as well because i obviously knew him just as a granddad and i mean my relationship with him is very different to yours but especially during the last stages i still recognized all the things and and i i believe at the core he was a good person but he could also be a bit of an ass, and it just sounds like he was just a bit of an ass to you specifically when you were a yeah. kid. So, oh well, life goes on. And I, I know you like me, and I like you. Wow, wow, you're all right. Um, so you've sort of broken the cycle there a bit, I guess. <laughs> I think that's because both of us have worked at it. Oh yeah, God. Oh yeah, we've gone through periods where. Yeah. Uh, well, it was mostly me, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Um, no, well, it's where... you know stuff when you're the ages you were. 
you know, it's difficult and it's difficult trying to work stuff out. So it well, doesn't matter about whose fault it is. Me. Can I just tell you, it is always the parent's job to try and keep the door open. It's not yours. You don't have to. Slam the door mm. by all means and walk off. You're allowed to. It's the parent's job to keep the door open. And I'm glad you did. But let's not get too gushy early on, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, this is going to be a painful episode. So I'm just going to lock the door now. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so last, uh, well, last episode, we started off with, I, I don't want to say game, with just sort of like a little activity. Have you got anything for us this week? Well, it's mm. funny you should ask that, Joshua, because being as you prompted me earlier on in the week, I did think of something. Oh, well, all right. Well, take a peek behind the curtain then. <laughs> <laughs> it's ours. Um, yes. Um, so here's the thing. Mm. What animal oh, do God. you think other people see you as? Okay. If they were to characterize you as an animal, yeah. What do you think they would see you as, and what would you want them to see you as? What Ooh. animal would you want them? To They're see very you? different animals, I think. Oh they, god, they this is hard. Are. What I want people to see me as? Actually, I don't even know that one. That's kind of tricky. Um. Mm, um it's just for ammunition, this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. God, it's hard. Um, real animals. Well, yeah, really, yeah. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. could invent one just for the purposes of today, but nobody would understand why. <laughs> um, I think an owl for what I want people to see me as, because um, they're they're sort they're really quiet most of the time. You don't often see them. They sort of keep themselves to themselves. Um, but they're often seen as wise. And I would like to be seen as that. And maybe one day I will be. Um, I think people probably see me as a puppy. Because I have moments Always where... Always on the carpets? Well, that's a separate issue, but thanks for okay. bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> <That's just> a... <laughs> no, because I, um, I like to think I'm a bit more... I like to, like put on a bravado sometimes to be like, like almost like a growl but it's still a puppy growl and it's like what are you doing um and i don't know i think if if i get to know someone well i think i can come across as sort of playful and cute I, i'd like to think so anyway um yeah i think probably an owl and a and a puppy <laughs> Okay. okay i want to tell you what i see you as okay i'm i'm kind of nervous about this but okay um a sloth. I just oh. see you as a sloth. And maybe not in terms of personality, but more just because of your haircut at the minute. You just have the long, oh, straggling right. hair. <laughs> and when I vision you, I just... In my head... You've been online for eight minutes and you're already insulting me in the middle of my own podcast. <laughs> That's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's been a lockdown, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and I've committed to just not having a haircut. I don't know. What about you, Dad? What animals do you see yourself as and what do you think people see you as? Do you know what's really bizarre is I haven't thought about this for myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm now going to have to think of it. I think um, there's, there's, like most of us, I've got multiple personalities. Mm -hmm. Most people have more than one side. Um, and I think who people know me as is not a fictional animal, but it sort of is. It's Tigger. Um, <laughs> it's that whole bouncing into a room, doing daft things, um, yeah. grabbing everybody, making them get up and dance and do whatever, and that's that's part of who I am. Mm -hmm. um, but then I, I also have that um, quiet, off-to-one-side sort of thing, and I think like it's... No, I'm no, I'm thinking more like a wolf. Okay, um, wolves don't attack people unless people no. attack them. It's very, very rare. There's hardly ever been um, occasions where people have been uh, eaten by wolves. It just very, very rarely happens. Um, but they're scary. But they're also serious. And when they look at things, they look at things for the whole pack, not just for themselves. They're trying to make sure things are okay. 
okay, so I think um, I think some people see me as Tigger and maybe I'd like to be taken a bit more seriously sometimes, but then I don't behave as though <laughs> I want to be taken seriously. I'm still daft. You're so, still erased. Yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah, that's what I think anyway. Fair enough. That's pretty good. I mean, you interjected now, so why why not? Let's let's go for you as well. What what animal do you think you are, oh, no. and what animal I do you think you people see you as? <laughs> well, you brought yourself into this. It's your fault. Go for it, Alice. Oh, no. <laughs> I regret that now. Um, <laughs> what do I see myself as? Oh God. Mm. You say yourself as God. Wow. That's pretty. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a big image. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's pretty apparent, egocentric. Apparently so, yep. <laughs> um, honestly, I do not have a clue. How about I go away and think about it so I'm not taking up too much time out of this well, episode. How about we come and back we come at the end? Back. At the end? Oh, God. I was thinking more next week. No, 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 no. Have a think. Why are you taking notes? Have a think okay, about we'll it. Okay, come back at the end. Okay. <laughs> okay well we're 15 minutes in and we've finished the intro <laughs> so that's good <laughs> that was a pretty good game you'll have to think of that I'm, I'm quite liking this vibe i think you should bring something at the start of every episode dad okay as your homework for the week um okay so where did we leave off last episode then um oh yeah you didn't want me yeah, you were telling everybody how we didn't want you at all. Um, that's not actually true. It's a funny <laughs> So line, I've though. explained a little about my childhood and the way I felt about it. And mm-hmm. I didn't want the responsibility of raising a child. It's really funny what you said last week about uh, killing the houseplants. That's the perception <laughs> I have of my own story. And I didn't, I didn't feel I was up to the challenge of, of raising children. Mm-hmm. Um, I in those days had a lot of respect for my parents. And if I felt the way I did about the way I was brought up, then I wouldn't want to put that on somebody else. So I didn't want children. I also had this wonderfully idiotic plan that um, when God called me, um, that I knew fairly quickly that God had got something for me to do. And people kept telling me that. And there was this plan and there was this thing I had to do. And uh, I got really excited about that and wondered what that might be and uh, thought, well, if if I'm going to do whatever God's got for me to do, kids are just, I mean, that would be cruel to have kids when <laughs> yeah, you're busy anywhere in the world doing any kind of task. And I was open to all of that. So um, you did do little bits, didn't you? You ended up oh, going did, to yeah, Romania yeah. and stuff, and Romania a couple of times. Yeah, it's um, if mostly in this country, if I'm honest. But um, yeah, the Romania trips were amazing, um, and I felt like a dad on one of those as well because I took 19 <laughs> teenagers across Europe. Oh, how you survived those trips, <laughs> I have no idea. Quite scary. Um, anyway, so that's that's that. Um, so I I, I knew would be way too busy to uh, give children any kind of love or attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I met your mum and uh, we fell in like and uh, <laughs> we became um, really good friends and more close friends and apparently everybody in the church knew we were in a relationship before we knew it. Um, uh, like, like Sam and Helen. Yeah, it just sort of grew. And then we sort of had to change what we called it because it was just much more than just friendship. So, so you um, started as friends, though. Yeah, really. I mean, actually, you know how I started. I started my very first date with my wife was to take her out and tell her off. On Valentine's Day, wasn't it? On Valentine's Day. Neither <laughs> of us remembered it was Valentine's Day. Neither <laughs> of us had got anybody to celebrate it with. Um, and um, it got to the end of a meeting and. Um, I went up to her and asked her if she would like to come out for a drink. And she accidentally said yes. And she went to a friend and said, I've, I've gone and said yes. And the friend says, he's probably not an axe murderer. Go out and have a drink with him. Um, and we did. And uh, we talked for hours. I mean, ridiculous, in-depth mm. conversations about all sorts of issues. Um, and it was 
there was something there straight away and that just carried on growing as time went on um two o'clock in the morning conversations and yeah and then having to go home and then and having to get up and drive a bus the next day yeah. <laughs> don't tell anyone that bit <laughs> secret between me you and the millions of people that are listening to this so yeah we we went from friends to being more than friends to being Mm. in some kind of relationship and then we got engaged and got married um we can still remember where we had our first kiss we can still well i can (laughs) (laughs) angela has dementia as you know and uh yeah Mm -hmm. there's lots of stuff that's i i whenever we're in the places whenever we're near i always deliberately take her to those places and remind her and and give her a kiss you know so just where was it am i right in thinking it was like on a lay-by or something yeah and actually (laughs) when we got married uh the wedding car we got the wedding car to stop in the lay-by oh yeah yeah that's too cute yeah it is a bit sickening isn't it sorry about that um (laughs) yeah i am the romantic one of the two of us i'm afraid (laughs) anyway um yes great it's um and she's the best friend i've ever had and um life's a challenge just now but uh yeah of course yeah anyway um and she was told before oh right yeah sorry um before we there's a reason we've called this the long answer (laughs) before we got married um we went out with some friends of ours um they Mm -hmm. were actually going to conduct the wedding service and angela was having second thoughts um, which is cheeky, actually, because I'm nine years younger than I'm supposed to be the toy boy. Um, yeah. But uh, she, she was having second thoughts because she she was she knew she couldn't have children. She'd already been told that uh, before we met, mm-hmm. and she thought that I would get to an age where I did want children, and then that would be all sorts of havoc. So she was thinking yeah. of calling it off. And I said to her at that point, Angela children are not part of my life plan i have no intention of having children at all i'm just looking forward to spending the rest of our lives together doing interesting stuff together Mm. and i have witnesses to that so i'm still thinking about whether i should sue um on breach of conditions (laughs) and stuff um because uh within 16 months of being married you turned up and then uh and then Sam, and then Sarah, um, three and two and a half years. Yeah, it's, it's quite a short space of time to have three. It is. And I was so pleased for Angela when you turned up that I didn't really <laughs> think about how I felt. I just knew she felt incredibly fulfilled and very excited. Mm. Um, and she was going to um, carry on working, and I was going to stay at home and look after you. Yeah. And um, she held you, and that was it. She had to pack in work. Um, I have that effect on people. You do. You <laughs> do. You make a lot of people pack in work. That's true. Um, <laughs> you went another way with it. That's fine. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> anyway, so that's that's how you, you all came along. And uh, by the time we'd realised what was happening and changed the milk order... Um, uh, we, 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 we got three kids in two and a half years. And when Sarah, when your mum was expecting Sarah, I had a bit of a meltdown because now I was realizing my plans for life had just vanished. They'd gone. Yeah. I was now going to have to do this family thing really seriously. I was going to have to concentrate on earning. I was going to have to concentrate on, um, making sure everything's in the right place and, everybody's got what they need um and doing it on a quarter of the income because your mum was on a heck of a lot more money than i was on and yeah, i was working she in catering or something yeah she was she well she was in catering she was a manager i'm tempted to call her through but i will let her listen to this so make sure this goes in the edit okay. she was not in catering what she started she in? off in hotel and catering but when i met her she was domestic bursar for three sites of a university. You have told me that. Dealing with dozens of staff and millions of pounds worth of budget. Um, She was in a very good job doing it very well. And Mm. uh, they were gutted when she said she was leaving. 
Um, when you were yes. driving a bus. So, um, so like a road car at the time, was it? it was that road was. car first, it was then Translink? Road car, yes. Lovely old green buses. Mm. Anyway, Can you remember so... the day you saw one of your buses in a motoring museum? Like, not the same model, but the actual bus you drove on a road car route. Can you remember that? You're going to just put that in. You're just going to are supposed to be right. friends. What's going on? <laughs> yes, I yeah. do remember that very well. I can remember being very upset by it, <laughs> that my life was in a museum. Um, yeah, it's yes. pretty funny, yes. though. Yeah, it is a bit funny. It is a bit funny. It's funnier looking back at it. <laughs> <laughs> now you've had time to process. Yeah. So, I mean, so dadding came as a bit of a surprise to me. Mm. I'd not prepared myself for it. I'd not trained for it. I'd not read books on it. I hadn't thought about the consequences of it. To be honest, all the way through your mum's pregnancy with you, we were expecting that she would lose you. Because Because she was told she couldn't have kids. Yeah, but uh, I mean, also carrying a child would have been a problem. Right. Um, So we, we didn't know until you were born that you were born <laughs> yeah, and that you were okay. So I don't think I really prepared properly for you at all. And then I got on with stuff. Of course, you do realise what you've done though, don't you? What? You've invited a story. Oh, no, no, not that one. No. Well, because it, it's like, as a story, it's fine, but it's the way in which you tell it. I just come off so badly in this. I was a baby. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's certainly not your fault at all in any way, shape or form. Definitely not. And and the thing is, the thing is, because this isn't on video, none of the people listening to this will appreciate this. Oh, no, I think they'll get it with the sound you make all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Go on then, you might as well. So I'm turning up at hospital, first day with new baby, mum's tired in bed, baby needs changing take the baby to the changing station with all the bags and all the stuff and all the junk that you have to do you know i'm sifting through the bag to see how many of these things i actually need to use mm-hmm. um and i think i've got everything there i've got myself organized and sorted and then i open this nappy and my goodness what a color i can't remember seeing anything that color ever before and it smelled obviously dreadful. Well, I go to the toilet all the time, but no, no, this was... Yeah, Yeah, and I very rarely go in after you. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so uh, I'm getting on with it and I'm cleaning everything up and it's all nice and clean. And I take away the old nappy and chuck it in the bin and fold it all up properly and whatever, and chuck it in the bin. And then I get the new nappy out and... Um, there's people coming and like midwives and nurses and what have you around the ward and they're watching dad change the baby and I'm there with pride with my son changing his nappy and I slide under your nicely clean and tout bottom um, this new nappy and just about to fold it over when dink <laughs> and you weed all over me <laughs> My shirt was soaked. <laughs> Clearly teaching you for the pride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. But yes, yeah, so my first day of parenting. Yeah, and you've been taking well, a piss frankly ever since. But there we go. Um, <laughs> yeah. Start as you mean to go on. Yeah. Anyway, so there we go. And it it is. It's all learning. Um, every day is learning. Every every conversation's learning. Yeah, I get. Well, I guess I I sometimes forget that actually, even though I'm 27, 27? Yep. Yeah, even though I'm twenty seven now, like you're still a parent. Oh, I don't think well, that never stops, and I sometimes I don't feel like a child anymore most days. Um, but I guess it's weird to think that I always will be to at least you and you and mom. You know, I do, I don't think I see it that way anymore. I don't see. I don't think of you as a child. I think of you as my son. I don't mm. think of you as a child. You, you, you're not our children anymore. You're Josh, Sam, and Sarah. Yeah. Um, and um, you'll always. You don't belong to us. We don't own you. Mm. Um, but we will always have a special place for you, and we're always there 
um, and will be pretty much as long as we're about, as long as we can be, you know. Yeah, of course. Um, and I think all three of you have stepped up in different ways to try and take responsibilities a bit more seriously. And um, it's w- interesting watching your growth and see you realise why we said some of the things we said. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I, d- I don't really say, uh, we don't talk, people will say to us, oh, the meeting, Zoom meeting's about to go. Uh, no problem. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll end it here then and then I'll I'll do another one and I'll send you the link. Yeah? Okay. Alice, how boring is this out of 10? <laughs> oh, good. I'd like to think if... If uh, if it was boring, we wouldn't we wouldn't be doing it. I'm I'm just fishing for compliments. Ah, uh, right. <laughs> Very sly of you. Didn't work. But... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, you're definitely That's the fine. star of the show. Oh, oh, I don't know about that. I'm right here. George. I can't wait to find out what animal you are. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been thinking? No, I haven't. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> Okay, so where where are we up to then? I guess. Um, oh gosh, what were we even talking about? Well, we talked about being a surprise dad and oh yeah, yeah, just learning as as you go on. Um, what what was that first? I, I I had originally saved this for another episode, but we might as well slip into it. And if we run out of stuff by then, we we'll find something else to speak about. Um, but what what was those were those first few weeks like then? being a dad for the first time, half not expecting to ever be? Well, first things first, the the first bit was quite difficult. Um, you you took 47 hours to be born. And in oh, the end, um, they used uh, Vontus and... Oh, what's the... Like the... Can't like clamps. Clamps, yeah, to, yeah, to get you out. And because they were using tools they don't use very often... Um, they brought all the students in to see it. So when you were born, there were 14, 14 <laughs> professionals in the room. Um, so I could get hardly anywhere near your mum at all while you were being born. So I did feel quite detached a bit and as mm. though it was a bit of a spectator sport. Have you um, ever spoke to mum about how she felt during that? Um, she was whacked out on all kinds of medication. It was great. Um, <laughs> um, but she, yeah, yeah, I mean, she's still making the appropriate noises, but she was getting a lot of help. Um, mm. And um, I think she was quite frightened. I think I was quite frightened as well um, because you'd got the that amount far, of people made matter. more. Yeah. Made you more so. And it, it's it's really weird. It's only when you think you might lose something you realise the real value of it mm. and your connection to it. So I think um, I think that probably made me quite close to you day one. And I can remember sobbing like a baby when I held you for the first time because you you, as I said last week, you are you were. There has never been a time where, in our opinion, you haven't been beautiful and you were lovely. And I was just proud, not of myself or my achievement, but proud that I was there for you hmm. and that uh, I was going to get to share in somebody else's life. So yeah. it's great. What about once, when you when you got home? Oh, total incompetence. I mean, <laughs> when you're a first-time parent, it's really scary. Um, yeah. We put you in a Moses basket. Do you know what one of those is? You know, know what I mean? It's like a... I think so. They were really popular back in the day when, when our kids were small. Um, and it was it was like a, a wicker-type, basket-y type thing. Um, and you were in there with loads of blankets and all that sort of stuff. But we literally sat on the edge of bed, both of us watching you breathe, because when we uh, went to bed, we couldn't hear you breathing because our breathing was too loud. So we couldn't hear you. So we were sat up on the bed watching you breathe, making sure you were. And we were really 
well overly anxious. Um, mm. But I think quite often for first first time parents, that's quite normal um, to be really really hypersensitive. Mm. Um, and um, then your mum developed a terrible medical condition um, over a period of time caused called postnatal deafness. Really? And, yeah, it's not real. Um, but the thing oh, is, right, I see. if you woke up in the night and screamed, <laughs> she would not wake up. Well, to I'm, be fair, she's I'm, done the bulk of the work well, over the listen, last nine, ten months. Fair news. I'm out driving buses for 45 hours a week. Did you push one out of your ass? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> although, to be honest, no, let's not go there. No, uh, um, no, 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 no. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Um, yeah, and it meant that I got privileges that lots of parents don't get, uh, lots of mm. male parents don't get. I got to feed you lots, I got to change you lots, um, and I got to hug you lots. Um, and it was special learning what which crime meant and mm. what, what what problem to solve. And that really, going back to what we were saying a bit last week about sorting things out fixing things problem solving yeah um i saw it as my job to fix whatever was wrong for you so mm-hmm. that you were happy and i, I think that of, continued until i was a teenager well, it's still still now still sort of there now but it's yeah it's, obviously you you're prioritizing because yeah, prioritizing mum now but, yeah, but uh, i think up until very recently it's been very clear that you're a fixer yeah but it's not my job anymore and and it's no. how does anybody learn to fix their own problems unless you let them unless you let them, mm. and we've let you a lot of times we've let you do all sorts of things we wouldn't have wanted you to do, because yeah. we wanted you to learn um, how to make decisions for yourself, and yes yeah. sometimes you've come up with conclusions that are different from what we want, but I think we've always made it clear that that's not affected the relationship. No. So, I mean, it's, it's, we let you be who you're meant to be. Mm. And I, I feel like I've, I've felt that freedom, well, more so after, after my teenage years. Yeah, um, yeah I think, you were a bit interested. Yeah, I've, well, I felt really trapped in a lot of ways, but I think that's not uncommon for, for that age. No, um, no. And to be honest, when you're the parent of, two strong characters when you're the child of sorry two strong characters yeah um i was always stood up at the front of meetings and services and um you did assemblies at school all the time yeah assemblies at school can you imagine your dad coming in to do an assembly at secondary school Mm. that's honestly producer alice i was a a fat geeky Star Wars nerd, nerd, open Christian, trumpet player whose dad did assemblies. I never stood a chance. <laughs> right, I'm not. I'm not making a comment. <laughs> it's fine. I'd have bullied me. <laughs> I, th- I, I, I don't think you required any bullying. You were being too hard on yourself. Never mind anybody else joining it. Anyway, um, yes. So that's um, that's where were we? Where were we going with that? I've lost my ramblings. Two strong characters when you're the child of yes. two strong characters. So I'm stood at the front. Your mum leads meetings and puts people right. And uh, <laughs> yeah. she's really pragmatic and businesslike and always. She's got the rational head. Always on her. kind, but with such a sensible, rational head um, mm-hmm. that I could talk for hours and people wouldn't take a blind bit of notice. But if your mum said anything, everyone listened. Yeah. Um, and still do. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so it was always going to be difficult to grow up with that. And with all the... Right, so I've, I've got to sort of tackle this if we're talking parenting, and that's the whole okay. autism thing. Yeah. Um, that we went through with all three of you kids trying to work out what was normal behavior for children what was not normal behavior for children what was special because it was just an individual special thing and what was actually part of a bigger picture that was an issue 
So Sam, um, when he was a baby, couldn't stand me touching him at all. Yeah. Even changing nappies was a problem. He wouldn't let me hug him. He wouldn't let me kiss him. I knew there was something wrong because that's not how you were. You no. were fine. Um, and then I've got Sam who's exploding in front of me all the time. Um, at uh, less than a year, he would bang his head on the floor, continuously bang his head on the floor. It scared us. And we were frightened for him. Um, and we couldn't understand what we'd done wrong. And it mm. took us ages to work out that actually it wasn't something we'd done wrong. There were things we weren't recognising about his autism and his um, sensitivity to sound and colours and smells and all sorts of things that would trigger him and make him feel really insecure. And his way of expressing that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah. even touch he was a, really oversensitive to touch he f found that really difficult so we started down the road with the autism idea with Sam because somebody had pointed us in that direction mm -hmm. um, um, was Sarah born at this point? Uh, just about yeah yeah she was yeah not when we first started to notice but yes mm -hmm. when we started to go through uh, conversations and processes and then Sarah was born and we couldn't work out whether she was copying Sam's behavior because she was being very interesting as well she had no <laughs> spatial awareness so um when I came in from work I was a very lucky daddy because she would run to me when I came mm -hmm. in she would run I to the door that. To, uh, but she'd run through me not to me i mean <laughs> it was like being hit by a train and and when when they're two at that age they hit all the wrong places when they run to you like that and it's not nice <laughs> um but it's yeah it's so spatial awareness clumsiness um and uh looking at the, the finding out later on um about dyspraxia and and things like that and the issues there and then autism as well um, and um, because we were looking at how all three of you interacted with each other, um, they they took more note of you than they probably would have done if you were an only child. I don't yeah. think you'd have had an autism um, diagnosis if you'd have been an only child. Um, and I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but we've never labelled you and we've never used when we've talked about you to anybody else, we've no, never talked and I think, about you being autistic. Well, I think that's why I got confused because I know just recently um, I've grown up knowing I wasn't autistic my whole life. And I'm wondering now after that story, if it's because you never labeled me or anything like that. And I'm not particularly high up on the spectrum or anything like that. Like I'm pretty high functioning. Then it never really mattered because I was still getting on fine with, with normal interactions in life. Um, I feel as though yeah. I ought to have some of these conversations off the air, but there is, <laughs> there is. A I don't know. This is a nice avenue. There's a nice excuse to talk about it. There is strong evidence um, in medical journals and on the internet in all sorts of places about connections between gender dysphoria and uh, autistic spectrum disorders. It's. I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm not saying. It doesn't make it any less valid, and I'm not yeah. insulted by and it. Feel at all. free it's to edit fine. it, because yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine about that. So um, I'm being a bit more open nowadays. Okay, but I mean, we've we've tried not to label any of you. Um, with Sarah, we sort of had to because we were having to fight a corner all the time at school. Yeah. Um, sort of literally every week we'd be in. With well, someone. the way I describe it, Sam was always kind of a quiet kind of autistic. Sarah was loud. Sam's the most classically autistic. He's the most affected <laughs> yes. by his autism. But Sarah's the most noticeable by her autism. Yeah. Um, and I think yours, I think all three of you have done incredibly well. Um, I really do. I'm so proud of all three of you. Um, I think you carry yourself um, in a way sometimes, which is... It's destined for something because when you're in the right frame of mind, 
you can change a room. Yeah. Now you've had the negative view of that fairly recently. We've had that conversation. (laughs) But but actually you can change the atmosphere in a room and it's your choice as to how you change it. That's your choice, no matter what anybody else tells you. No matter how affected you are by anything. I can go into a room heartbroken and change the room for Mm -hmm. positive. It's not because I'm in denial. It's not because I'm suppressing myself. It's because I'm making a choice not to pass it on. I think I struggle with that sometimes. Yeah, and that's absolutely fine. And by the way, so do I. Yeah, Um, I see. I have come down from preaching in church and found somewhere to hide where I can cry because I've just spoken with absolute confidence about all sorts of wonderful things. And then I have to go back to myself Mm. uh, knowing who I am and what I'm carrying. So yeah, it's, it's a challenge. Um, Yeah. But most people who know my ministry say it's just real. It's not pretense. It's just genuine. No, I think that's something you've always been really good at is just being a, a real person. And I think that's why people are so uh, drawn to you is not the right word, but um, comfortable, I guess, yeah. with you around you. Like you, sp- you speak to what? anybody and it, it's been a nightmare for me sometimes, especially as a kid. It's so embarrassing, but it, I'm the same now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure they're always comfortable. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. For the most part, though, let's yeah. say. <laughs> i did a enough. school assembly at westgate once i don't know whether you can mm. remember it whether you were there for that i, th- I remember more of the yarborough stuff i remember more of the yarborough stuff yeah secondary yeah. but uh, i did a school assembly and i it was being ofsteaded <laughs> oh hell <laughs> in fact they they asked me to go in and do an assembly because it was being ofsteaded um, that's, a, that's an accolade really wonderful um and um they gave me the subject normally i'd come up with my own subject but they, they gave me the mm-hmm. subject to come up um, and I had to talk about um, empathy. What does empathy mean? That's what I had to talk about. So I got mm-hmm. three kids on the platform and three chairs and they all sat on the chairs and I got them to take the shoes off and um, I, I took my shoes off because I said I wouldn't ask a child to do anything I'm not prepared to do myself. And um, then we swapped all the shoes around and I got them to try and walk in each other's shoes I'm saying when people talk about empathy, they often talk about um, knowing what it feels like to walk in someone else's shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and whilst they were doing that, I did a smell test because I could tell there was a smell coming from somewhere and I sniffed their shoes and what? the room was in hysterics. I mean, the, the, the kids, so oh, it was absolutely hilarious. They absolutely loved it. And uh, the kids were totally up with it. And when it got down to it, the smell was coming from my shoes and I had to apologise. Um, right, okay. The, the kids all felt great because it wasn't their feet. <laughs> it was fine. But it went really well. Um, and they got good marks for that assembly. So, uh, but it's it's that whole idea of, Empathy is is an idea. It's not real. Mm-hmm. Nobody can empathise. No. You have no idea what somebody else is feeling or thinking, what their life story is, their background. Even if you've known them all your life, you can't really properly put yourself in their place. And as a dad, that's, I suppose, the most difficult thing, is you don't actually know what's going on in your kids' minds. No. You can try. You can try and understand. You can be patient. You can listen. You can watch carefully what's going on, but you miss stuff, and yeah, it's, it's never it's perfect. Um, and I think um, there are things I've missed that I'm sad about. There's always going to be things that you miss. It just so happens yeah. some are big, some are small. Um, and I always remember you guys being very open with us, and even if I didn't always feel like I could or wanted to, I always knew that I could speak to either one of you. Thank you. Are you laughing? What are you just remembered? Well, I just had a thought which definitely should not go on. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Later on in your life, as you were sort of 
tens through to teenagers, uh, I mm. took on a job at the YMCA, and part of that job was uh, I trained as a sexual health trainer. Oh, so yeah, I, had, I remember this. I was absolutely mortified. Yeah, there was certain equipment that I kept in my... Uh, you had a dildo in your drawer in your office at church. Dildo. It was not a dildo. It was a plastic penis. It was not a dildo. <laughs> I mean, that to me is a dildo. Yeah, well, okay. I'm just. I remember you. I mean, it might not be exactly how it happened, but in my mind, you just walked in my room and plonked it on my bed. Right. Today, we're going to learn. <laughs> absolutely mortifying yeah well imagine how i felt <laughs> here's the thing i had that plastic penis it just made me feel inadequate <laughs> it was it was just not fair <laughs> it was not good um, that has to stay in now <laughs> i did i did um a training course at the ymca um and uh, they knew i was a christian because um lots of people gossiped about it though it was a big thing that they made a joke out of me being a christian at the ymca and <laughs> i was pretty much the only one on the day staff so um <laughs> at that time and uh yeah and they couldn't understand how i could do sexual health training as a christian so some of them came along deliberately to bait me I will say right, to yeah, bait yeah. me rather than anything else. Um, so, and uh, all I can say is I was master of the course. But anyway, oh, um, God. I carried on doing the talk and what have you. And uh, one, one of the lads was saying to me, he says, but I'm gay and you, you don't like me because I'm gay. And I said, who's told you I don't like you because you're gay? And we got into a conversation uh, about this and I said, the reason I do these sexual health training courses is not to make some people feel guilty uh, about different kinds of sexually transmitted diseases. It's to protect mm. people. Yeah. To have as full and as happy a life as they can have. And they really couldn't cope with it. They just couldn't cope with it, especially when I put a condom on my head. Um, <laughs> oh, you didn't do the thing where you put it like every, every guy is seen in like it's, a locker room. It's got to be done. Over your nose. It's got to be done. The Marge Simpson. Yeah. Awful anyway. behaviour. But it's it's trying to just... Pe people take things seriously when they can have a laugh about it. I, I don't know yeah, how that works, obviously. but it does work about it. If you well, it, it settles it, you in, doesn't it? Yeah. It's just, and I think you're supposed... I think you should be able to laugh about stuff. Yeah. Even the dark stuff. Maybe especially the dark stuff and the, the taboo stuff. I don't know if it's just English culture, if it's Western culture, but we're very... Square when it comes to things about sex, particularly sexual health and death and all these sorts of things that other cultures are so much more open about. And I don't know. It's, it's, sometimes I think it's weird. I, I find it weird how closed off we are. But then people, everyone else finds out how weird, how open I can be. So. Well, that's partly my fault, and I apologise for that. Um, <laughs> I definitely am your child. Yeah, well, I wear my heart on my sleeve, and uh, mm. it's not always a good thing, and it has got me into trouble from time to time. But uh, Yeah, me too. I just like to be real. Um, and actually, sometimes you ask the awkward question that nobody else is asking. And actually, yeah. there's probably half a dozen other people who want to hear the answer to that question, but don't ask it. Yeah, would never have the guts. So it's uh, it's good to have those sort of things. Speaking um, of asking daring questions, as we uh, as we start come to the end of our time this week, producer Alice, have you had any thoughts about what animal you would be? I have. Yep. Okay. It's more it's more what animal I want to be. Okay. Okay. Um, so I want to be a snow leopard, and I don't know why. I just think <laughs> I just want to be one. Okay. Is it just an aesthetic thing then? Yeah, maybe. Because a snow leopard is more rare than a normal leopard. And I like to think that I'm one of a kind. <laughs> yeah, fair I enough. I think that's Can a I fair say, point. If you are one of a kind, you are going extinct fairly quickly, though. I'd just say, you do need <laughs> some... I, I don't want to sort of it's point out what you need, but <laughs> you're going to need something if oh, you're going to carry Oh, out. Jesus wept. He probably did. <laughs> It's the yes, shortest right. version of the Bible, by the way. Oh, oh honestly. God. Oh. I I would think I You're very religious, you two, aren't you? 
Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Alice, in our household, um, oh yeah. my God, or Jesus Christ, were, I feel like they were worse swear words than like shit or... I, I just realized I'm using this as an avenue to swear and I shouldn't, but it, I feel like they were they were more taboo in our house, weren't they, Dad? Yeah. Did we do your mum's swear last week? No. Well, quickly, before we go, do you want to go... <laughs> It's the funniest swear. We were on we were on holiday in Scotland down really narrow lane. And mum does absolutely not swear. No, no, she she never swears. <laughs> um she didn't even swear during labour three times in two and a half years. Mm. Uh, the midwife couldn't believe it. Um <laughs> anyway, um so we're on this road and all of a sudden the lorry comes along, um, large van type lorry not a big big thing but it's mm-hmm. a it's a narrow road and i literally have to pull on the grass verge to get away from this vehicle because he has no care for us at all he's just coming um and we narrowly avoided going off the road altogether and stopped and um <laughs> your mum very very loudly shouted <laughs> shitty nora <laughs> <laughs> The kids were like this in the back. It was like they were traumatised. They'd never heard her swear. It was so funny. Just <laughs> such an obscure swear just, as well. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to come out with one, come out with a good one. That's what I said. Shitty Nora is my all-time favourite. That was great. Yeah. Well, on, on that note, um, I mean, thank you very much again for blocking out the time to speak with me. And I feel like we've had a, it's a bit more of a light-hearted one this week, so... It'll be interesting to see over the week and when we come to record next week what you've processed and what you think about this because I know you've you've you sort of said you felt like it was a bit of a therapy session last time didn't you Yeah um sorry I'm not I'm not a trained therap- <laughs> therapist um but yeah so I, I where where do we get up to we sort of go all over the place with this don't we so um next week what we're going to speak about um Three children and rules. Yeah, we could go over that if you want. The golden rules, the household rules, which I always forget one of. So I'll, that's my homework for this week. I've got to try and remember the three rules. I will test you. No problem. No asking well, Sam. Oh, or right, Sarah. yes. Do you think they'll know anyway? Oh, yeah, definitely. Sam, 100%. Fair enough. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. I like you, Alice. Maybe someday. I like you too. Thank you. (laughs) The Long Answer is a Greenwall audio production, edited by Josh Reist and produced by Alice Lennon. If you like this episode, please do rate and share it uh, because it honestly does make a world of difference to us. For more episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts.